The Group, Session 2. Nova gathered two chairs at a time from the stack and began to arrange them as usual. She was looking forward to learning more as she worked with the group tonight, as she steered their attention to explore the dynamics within and all that is bound to be projected, introjected, transferred, and disavowed. Nova was pleased there was also a level of openness and willingness to speak up and ask for clarification from each other, even though they had just met. Nova recognized the unique energy each member brought to the room with which to build an atmosphere curious enough to explore what is transmitted between them all with her help. Nova placed the last chair in position when the buzzer sounded. It was too early to welcome the group in, so she took it as notification someone may have arrived early, rather than a request to be led inside just yet. Nova had explained the importance of punctuality and all it represented regarding a therapeutic frame which was firm enough to hold all that transpired between them while in session. Arriving early was a breach of punctuality, just as if one arrived late. If members began to arrive too early, other members who arrived on time may feel pressed to arrive earlier next time for fear of missing what had been shared in their absence. This, in turn, can create splits in group, suspicions, and hierarchy. Nova waited until it was 6.20 p.m. and buzzed in the first arrivals. Paul stepped in first, followed by Dolly. We've been waiting down there in the cold for 10 minutes, Dolly complained, and poor Paul was shivering. The least you could have done, Nova, is let us in. Goodness, it's no skin off your nose to be a couple of minutes early, surely. Nova turned to Dolly. So it's much colder outside now evening has fallen, she asked. Yes, it's freezing, Dolly frowned as she took her seat in the same chair as last week. Anyway, poor Paul, he isn't wearing shoes. He could catch a pneumonia she informed Nova as she arranged herself in the chair and began to rifle through her handbag just as she had done the week before. Paul sat down heavily in a chair opposite Dolly. He tucked his cold bare feet under his chair and rubbed them on the carpet to warm them up a little. Ah, mm, he said as his feet warmed and opened the front of his jacket, wrestling with it for a moment as he took it off and placed it over the back of his chair. Paul felt comfortable now as he settled in and smiled at Nova. Hi, he said warmly. Paul was a good-looking guy. He had an easiness about him. To some, he seemed not to care about his appearance. However, he had a style that was best considered grunge or indie with a 1970s feel to it. His Levi's were graded and the tears were patched by past lovers. His shirt was casual 
and worn partly unbuttoned. Paul's hair was shoulder-length, dark and wavy, adding to a rather unkempt look. But it was his smile that led the way for him. He was tall, and his body was relaxed. Paul waited. Dolly raised her head momentarily as she heard the buzzer sound, then got back to her rummaging. Welcome, Nova said, as Tony, Trixie, and Reginald entered the office. It's cold out there tonight, Trixie announced, as she removed her coat and hung it on the coat rack near the entrance. Tony and Reginald followed suit, hanging their jackets up as they smiled to each other and nodded hello before finding a seat. The buzzer sounded again. Helena was the last to be welcomed and joined the group with two minutes to spare. Nova checked her watch. So we will begin in two minutes. As with every week, there's a pitcher of water there beside the tissues as you need, okay? Nova reiterated, then added, right, I'll make sure the answering machine is on and ringtone muted so we can begin. Nova informed as she attended to the telephone then rolled her chair over to join everyone in the group. Welcome back for our second group, everyone. I just want to reiterate to you all, I open the office for group assembly 10 minutes before group begins, Nova announced. Ha, huh, don't worry about us. We were freezing, Dolly complained, then added, weren't we, Paul? Paul smiled. I didn't mind waiting. I ride the trams, so I'm likely going to be a little early. But hey, there are plenty of places to sit and watch the world go by for a few minutes. I knew I was close to the right time, but I don't have a watch as of today, Paul shared. Or shoes, Dolly added. Paul stretched his legs out from under his chair and wiggled his toes playfully before tucking them back away as he smiled. Right, Dolly. Or shoes. Nova noticed Reginald shift awkwardly in his chair as he looked at Paul's bare feet. Nova noticed the group caught by Paul's bare feet and was curious why no one was asking him why he was shoeless on such a chilly evening, particularly as he's been wearing his shoes last week. So I'm wondering if anyone is curious about Paul being barefooted tonight, she asked. Reginald cleared his throat first, then replied, Well, since Paul is an artist, well, I wasn't sure if his bare feet was just an expression. You know, it's not my place to judge Paul, or anyone, Reginald added. I see. So you are assuming a lot there, Reginald, Nova identified. Paul smiled curiously interested. His bare feet was the center of attention right now. As he looked at Nova, then back to the group, not sure if he should offer an explanation before being asked directly. Reginald looked at Paul. Sorry, Paul, am I being too presumptuous? He said, then added, I mean no criticism of your choices. The group fell silent. Nova looked at the group members. I wonder if anyone has some thoughts about what you are all experiencing right now. Tony spoke up. Well, as far as I can see, Reginald is being open to Paul expressing himself and doesn't want to make him feel criticized for dressing outside of the norm. Tony nodded in Reginald's direction supportively. Hmm. Anyone else, Nova asked? The group replied they agreed with Tony as Paul sat there with his feet tucked under his chair out of view. Okay, so there is an assumption about Paul's bare feet you're all comfortable with. 
how are you going to check this out? How does Paul feel about this assumption? Nova encouraged the group to explore further with Paul. Helena nodded, then asked, Paul, I hope you feel okay. No one is judging you here, actually. I find your bare feet refreshing. I wish one day I could be so free, she smiled. Nova turned to Paul. Paul? Paul shook his head. Well, I did expect a few glances and maybe even a comment, but I feel as if you all see me as some far-out artist that has no restraint, that I'm all free of care somehow. You know it's cold outside, so I wouldn't be barefooted by choice, he shared. Well, come on then, Paul, this isn't a guessing game, Tolly interrupted. Where are your shoes? She barked as if telling him off like she might do a child. Dolly, Trixie snapped at Dolly. Give Paul a chance to tell her. Dolly rolled her eyes and appeared to disengage from the group as Paul shared. Well, I don't know if you remember me saying last week, I sometimes have strangers enter my world, Paul began. We remember, Paul. Get on with it. Where are your shoes? Dolly said, appearing disinterested, except for her annoyance. Then added, don't tell me you got drunk and one of those homeless people you let waltz into your life steal them. You said you don't have a watch today also, so I'm guessing they stole that too, Dolly scoffed. Dolly, Trixie called back at Dolly. That's an awful assumption. Let Paul speak, she said, exasperated. Paul replied, it's okay, Trixie. Dolly's right on. Some new guys turned up, and anyway, Biggie said he'd get rid of them for me, and, well, as you can see, they took more than just themselves out when they left, Paul said disappointedly. Dolly tutted as she shook her head. Oh, no, Paul, Tony said as he listened, then shook his head at Dolly for her tutting. What? Dolly replied to Tony. What are you shaking your head at me for? What else do you expect would happen? Paul is letting all sorts into his home, getting drunk and not holding his boundaries. Come on, we are all in therapy, so having a healthy boundary is not exactly a new concept to any of us, right? Dolly held her stance. Dolly, are you angry with Paul? Helena asked. You seem to be blaming him. I'm sorry that happened, Paul, she added. Dolly looked at everyone in the group. Oh, come on. I can't work with a bunch of excusers, she protested. It is Paul's fault. He needs to tidy up his world. That's why he's here, if you were listening, she shouted at everyone. So do you have any money to get some new shoes, Paul? Reginald asked, concerned, as a compelling urge welled inside him. This tension usually evoked Reginald to throw money at whatever problem presented to make it go away. Paul smiled gently. I've got enough for some plastic thongs from the supermarket. They're only a couple of bucks. But yeah, you know, Dolly is right. I need to tidy up my world. I suppose I can't find the anger at myself that Dolly has in spades. But yeah, if I could just tap into some of that, it might help me care a little. I'm lax. Nothing really touches me except my art. Paul shrugged his shoulders. I'm careless, I guess. Nova noticed the group confronted by Paul's admission about his apathetic approach to his lifestyle as it comes to his well-being. Tony felt a lump well up in his throat. I'm sorry, Paul. I hope you can find a way to be careful opposed to care less. 
in time. How can we help you? he asked, as his voice trembled a little. Nova noticed Tony's eyes begin to tear up. Tony, you appear upset. Can you share something about what you're experiencing right now? she asked. Tony wrestled his emotion down. Oh, I just feel worried for Paul, that's all. I want him to stay in the group. I don't want Dolly to scare him off, Tony said protectively. Dolly shook her head. Here we go. Blame Dolly, why don't you? She frowned. I'm not the one who stole Paul's shoes, you know. Actually, just now I'm feeling cared for by you all, Paul exhaled. I kind of liked your romantic idea of me being barefoot and free in my life. And then I'm grateful for Dolly calling me out. It's true. I need to get my shit together. Dolly, you reminded me of my mother scowling at me about losing this or that. Suppose I've always been careless. Mom was pretty much fed up with me as a kid, but then I was the middle kid, so I pretty much stayed under the radar. That is, except for when she would call me a dreamer and say I would lose my head if it wasn't screwed on. Paul looked at Dolly. I know you care, Dolly. I just wonder if you care too much somehow, and it makes you angry. Dolly looked at the group, then back at Paul. Well, someone has to give a shit, Paul. No one seems to get that. They all do a half-assed job and expect it'll do. Well, it won't, she exclaimed. If only people were more diligent, or even if they would simply do as they said they would do, well, I wouldn't have to go around checking and fixing everything for everyone. Dolly felt agitated. She wanted to hold her bag, rifle through it, make sure she had everything she might need. But she needed nothing for this group except for herself. Dolly felt exposed. Paul nodded. Yeah, I get that, but somehow it's just not that easy. I sometimes like to abandon myself in any burden of rules and conforming. It's not like we aren't all going to die in the end anyway, right? Nova recognized Paul's pattern of fatalism and noticed an uncomfortableness within the group about his philosophy. Paul, you sound like you have become reckless about your life. I remember feeling a little like that a couple of years ago, you know, like everything is pointless. At the time, I was working a lot. Everything was going well on the surface, and then in one moment, I caught my reflection in one of the mirrors at work. Trixie took a breath. I don't know what happened exactly, but it seemed all of a sudden nothing mattered. I looked at myself in the mirror and saw a loud, gregarious woman looking back at me and thought, who the fuck are you? It was like I was looking at a character I created and everything left me. I discovered I was depressed too late before I had a complete breakdown. I tried to kill myself. Trixie became aware of the stillness in the room. They called it a spontaneous act. How's that? Just like that. Fuck, my life could have ended. Trixie looked at Paul. So it's hard to hear you say so flippantly, we're all going to die in the end anyway, Trixie shared. I'm fighting to stay well. I want things to matter. I want to matter. So I'm a bit taken aback by your remark. Nova nodded. So, Helena, I wonder what might be happening for you right now. Nova asked, after noticing her shift uncomfortably in her chair. Well, I really like you, Paul, but I think I'm a bit triggered also, Helena shared. 
You know, at first I kind of liked the idea of you being free and your bare feet being a symbol of that. Helena sighed. It's what I want, to be free. Helena shrugged a little. But now I know more about your alcohol abuse and the boundary problems. Well, I don't mean to, but I kind of feel a bit annoyed you aren't taking care of yourself. Oh, I get it, Trixie shared, just like your husband. That makes sense. Sorry, Helena, go on, she added. Well, it's just people care, and if you don't look after yourself, well, someone else may be compelled to look after your well-being, and then things just become messy. I think we call it codependent. That's the relationship I have with my husband. We are codependent. Except it's a triangulated relationship, really, as the bottle has always been the other woman in our marriage. Helena started to cry. Tony sighed heavenly. Wow, Helena, is that why you're still in the family home? You're scared of your ex-husband not taking care of himself? Like he could die, he asked. Helena nodded as she continued to cry. You have no idea the places he is blacked out drunk. I'm scared for him, but that's the tip of the iceberg. I just want to move out, but I'm scared, she continued. I know something bad is going to happen, and I'll be to blame. Surely no one would blame you if something awful happened. Your family know how unwell he is, don't they? Trixie asked. Ha, Dolly called out. Of course they'll blame Helena. That's how it works, Dolly scoffed. They always blame the strongest ones. Yes, it's hard to hear you sound so indifferent about life, Paul, Reginald added. Paul accepted the group's thoughts. Oh, it's kind of strange to feel your interest in my, I agree, rather dark philosophy. Suppose that's partly why I'm single. I'm too heavy and nihilistic. I wasn't always this way. It's just the older I got, I learned there's so much wrong and painful in the world. I do see the beauty, too, but it's just hard to stay connected to it all when I see so much bastardly shit that happens to people. It hurts me to know. I suppose if I were a nurse like you, Tony, I, too, would feel compelled to don the Superman costume to save the world. But I'm a painter, a simple artist who lives in a pickup dock surrounded by portraits. I see it in every one I paint, their pain. No matter how big they are, they try to smile. I see them, and it's all I could do to capture their truth. Paul felt emotional, connected. The group sat with all that they shared with each other tonight. Nova was happy with the discourse for now. I could see the beginnings of interesting exploratory work for them all. Thank you all for a very interesting group tonight. Would anyone like to share their final thoughts or feelings, or otherwise? Before we finish tonight, Nova asked. Reginald leaned forward in his chair, passing the tissue box to Helena. Well, I'm really moved by all this. You know, Paul, I can really feel your creativeness somehow, but it's not harmless, and I'm surprised by it. But the harm is self-neglect. It's pretty confronting, actually. But at the same time, I'm charmed by you also. Perhaps the carefree attitude you have is a part I'm missing, Reginald shared. I can tell you I would never have come to group if someone had stolen my shoes and watch and I had no replacement. I just couldn't. 
I don't think I'm brave enough to show that level of vulnerability. I'm quite taken by your honesty, actually. Thanks, Paul. And everyone. Reginald shared, looking about at everyone. Really, I don't think I've ever been with a group of people that are so honest with each other. It's going to take a little getting used to. I hope I can be as fearless. Tony nodded. Oh, I can really sympathize with all this, too. Only I seem to do all my rescuing when I'm in uniform. As soon as I'm out of my Superman costume, as Paul called it, I slip back into a world of me, quiet and alone. I do all my rescuing out of the home. I suppose my uniform is my boundary. Hmm. You kind of hear, Helena, your rescuing is out of guilt and fear of blame of what you think is an inevitable medical disaster. And, Paul, I hear your rescuing, too. Though you seem to have a kind of passive open door for anyone to walk through, seems a little like a childlike belief that everyone is good. It's interesting to me how I like my rescuing to be measured, methodical, paced, and celebrated by colleagues and recipients. Hmm, I have a lot buzzing around in my head right now. I hope to have more words next week. Helena wiped her eyes and smiled at Paul. Looks like we have a lot of work to do, hey? Paul stretched his long legs out in front of himself. Ah, I couldn't pick a better bunch of people to work things through with. He smiled at them all. Thanks. Well, I hope I don't have to look at those hairy toes next week, Paul. Dolly barked with a smile, showing a greater flexibility than the others expected. Trixie smiled. Well, if Paul is barefooted again next week, he may very well have grown used to our projection of his freedom to choose shoes or no shoes. I'm with Reginald, Trixie laughed. It's going to take a lot to get me out of hair and makeup, let alone turning up without boots. I can say they'd have to be a brave woman to try to steal my shoes, Trixie exclaimed. You can be sure I have a wild side, she laughed. Dolly raised an eyebrow in Trixie's direction. I'd like to see that, she nodded. Thank you for coming tonight. It's been interesting. I'm sure you all have a lot to wonder about. See you next week, Nova announced. Assembly for group will begin at 6.20 for a 6.30 p.m. start. Thank you. See you all next week, said Nova, now standing as everyone began to put their jackets on, ready to leave.